0: Well, good day, everyone. Yes, my name is Chuck Butler, and I am the president of Everbank World Markets. We're at my desk every workday, which is located in St. Louis, Missouri, home of the 11-time world champion St. Louis Cardinals, I write a newsletter called The Fennec for Your Thoughts. And Frank mentioned it yesterday, but I always start any talk that I do by asking to see a show of hands of those who get The Fennec now. Okay, good. For all you people who did not raise your hands, you don't know what you've been missing. But the good news is is that there's always time to sign up. It's a free letter that comes every early morning Monday through Friday and one on Sunday and uh, you know you never know what I'll be talking about other than currencies and economies and metals and what the dolts of the world are doing. So uh, it's just a way to start your day and it's like sitting at the kitchen table having a cup of coffee and talking to me every day. So there you go. Now, Frank uh, talked to you yesterday, and uh, he forgot to mention a couple things. One, how long we've worked together. When we began working together, the Dead Sea wasn't even sick yet. (laughs) And I was often confused as a young Bruce Willis. (laughs) So that's how long ago... All that happened. Now, uh, this is Friday and it's the last day. So, I, you know, whenever I talk at a conference, I'm usually like one of the last speakers. And so I have it in my mind that, you know, they're always saving the best for last. Okay? Well, my mother always used to tell me something that I've kept with me all these years, and she used to say, Chuck, you may be number 13 on the roster but you're number one in the hearts of the fans. So, that's where I am today. So, how many of you were here for my presentation last year on this stage? Okay. Uh, I promise you I'm not going to do any singing this year. Uh, And I promise I won't make you do any singing. But wasn't that fun? I mean, it broke up all this talk about investments and all this stuff you're supposed to know. For three days, they've been jamming it into your head, but we stopped and we sang a song. Now, that was fun, but like I said, I'm not going to do that this year. But what that was all about was, is last year at this time, all the pundits, except for a few, especially the ones from the large brokerage houses, were singing about what a sweet, um, what a sweet spot the, the um, dollar was in. Well, I, so I call that sweet spot, uh, I refer to it like the Trini Lopez song, Lemon Tree. Okay, so that's why we sang. Well, 2014 started, and all these same people said that 2014 was going to be the year of the dollar again. Well, here we are, sev- almost seven months through this year, and the dollar hasn't really done anything and the economy really hasn't done anything. So, um, so it appears we've come one year down the road, and uh, the dollar is no more better off than it was a year ago. Uh, so the uh, unless you t- talk about the fruit of the poor lemon, which as we remember is impossible to eat. So uh, I don't want to slap myself on the back for making that call last year, uh, but. It, I do want to talk to you about some other things. And, and and then I thought to myself, no, wait a minute, Chuck, what are you doing? You can't talk to people about other things other than baseball, your grandkids, Missouri Tiger football, and your beautiful bride. All you know about is currencies and medals. Well, that may be true, but what I do know is how to look under the hood. Of things and show people what numbers really are okay so i'm going to focus this year on things that the new ra- uh, raving fact in the in the news these days is about a, ra- a i'm sorry a raving strong us economy everyone thinks the us economy is ready to just take off well um, I'm going, to, I'm going to show you where some of the skeletons are, and show you why what will drag down those thoughts of a strong economy. But first, being a public company, we have these disclosures, and we went from as we became a public company, we went from one page of disclosures to two pages of disclosures. And I trust you've all taken those to heart right now and to memory. So, well, everyone is talking, is upbeat these days about the prospects of a, 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 of a strong economy. And, and, the, and the second quarter GDP numbers haven't been printed yet, but there are forecasts that there'll be anywhere from 3.5% to 4%. Well, Write this down right now. Chuck Butler is telling you that it's not going to be any better than 2.8%. Okay? The reason is is that the the economy is so uneven. You'll have one piece of data show it strong and another piece of data show it weak. We had uh, durable orders goods print this morning, and they were up. But if you look into the actual detail of the numbers... the the future orders were all negative last month and this month okay so again that just shows that it's a very uneven economic recovery so uh, we started the year with a negative 2.9 percent first quarter GDP now that's a big hole to try to dig yourself out of okay and It's going to, you know, the U.S. will probably try to do it, but most of the GDP is government spending, we all know that, and uh, consumer spending, which I'm going to point out is absolutely crazy these days. So, uh, I also believe that the second quarter GDP numbers are going to probably uh, blind some people, and they're going to see uh, visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads, But I think that what we need to do is look behind the curtain, make sure that we are aware of all these things that are behind the curtain of that GDP number, okay? So, um, one of the things that that I always talk about when I I get to uh, talking about what we should be worried about is... um, A thing called unfunded liabilities. According to Professor Lawrence Kotlikoff, unfunded liabilities in the U.S. are over two hundred trillion dollars. Okay, think about that for a second—two hundred trillion dollars. So don't let the short-term miracles of second-term, second-quarter GDP blind you and. Take your focus away from what we really should be looking at on the horizon. Now, let me give you some things to think about before we, before we go dancing in the streets. And one of those things is, what if I told you that in the U.S. that Americans are nearly $60 trillion in debt? That's, that's government, business, state personal, okay, $60 trillion in debt. Now, that's current debt. That's not taken into consideration that unfunded liabilities number I just mentioned to you. That's current debt. Never at any time in the U.S. history has the U.S. been $60 trillion in debt, okay? Now, uh, if you went back to the year zero, and we're given the ability to spend $80 million a day every day, to date, you would still not have spent $60 trillion, OK? So what are we going to do about all this debt? Well, that's the thing that's going to continue to drag on the economy, OK? Now we are so uh we are so in, into watching debt. I'm so into watching debt that 5 years ago on this stage I told you all and this is just a funny little side story. 5 years ago on this stage I told you all that your portion of the US debt was $25,000. Okay? So Five years later, your portion of the debt is $55,000. And if we only count taxpayers, which, which makes sense because they're the only ones that have the ability to write the check anyway, that figure is $151,000. So will you all get out your checkbooks and make out a check for $151,000 to the U.S. government? Make sure that all your neighbors do it. And then we can take care of all this problem. Okay. I don't see any checkbooks being pulled out. So I guess that's not going to be it. All right. So, um, but if you go back 40 years on this, on this debt thing that we're talking about with the $60 trillion, if you go back 40 years, the total debt was $2.2 trillion dollars. Okay, so in 40 years, we've increased the debt 27 times than it was 40 years ago. It's a part of what, we've, what has happened ever since Nixon removed gold from the backing of, of the dollar. We've become a credit economy, and without credit, the economy can't grow. The credit has to grow at least about 2% a year. Otherwise, the whole thing comes crashing down around us. So the debt just continues to grow and grow and grow. Well, what happens to that is that when you, when you build up debt, you have to finance the debt. To finance the debt, you have to print dollars. The more dollars you print, the less value it has. And so on and so forth. Okay? So... And I know you're all saying that, uh, uh, but Chuck, I heard that U.S. consumers were bringing down their debt and shrinking their debt and getting their balance sheets in order. Ah, grasshoppers. A couple years ago, you would have been right. But in the last three years, in the last three years, uh, the 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 spending increases by consumers has gone up tremendously, okay. In in uh, here I have a chart to even show that. Look at that. Now you can see where it came down in 2008, and it's been a moonshot higher ever since. In April of this year, it was 26.8 billion dollars in one month. March was 20 billion. And April, May, March, April, May, yeah. And April and May was 19 billion. So the numbers are getting larger and larger. I mean, you know, if there's one thing that we Americans know how to do, it is spend money. All right. So that's that. That is a a big hickey on on the economy, if you ask me. Okay. Consumers building up this huge uh, debt sheet and not having the type of income to support it. Now, um, consumer credit over the last three years has risen 22%. And at this point, (laughs) oh, there's the debt clock. Oh, you can see all the all the all the ugly numbers that are on that. Um, but uh, at this point, basically, fifty-six percent of Americans have subprime credit rating. It's fifty-six percent of Americans have subprime credit rating. Okay, and in two thousand and ten, it was only twenty-five percent. So you can see. The last three years or last four years, we've just, it's been a moonshot higher, and that's not a good thing. So, in my letter that I talked about earlier, uh, I mentioned recently that uh, total uh, retail sales were driven strongly by vehicle sales in the U.S. Now, has, have you noticed that everybody on your block has a shiny new car? Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But the point I'm making here is that the tenor of those car loans have gone from 60 months. Now, remember when you had to pay your car off in three years? Okay, but they've gone from 60 months to 84 months. Okay? That is a 27.6% increase in the time that people are taking to pay off their car loans. The car won't even be running in 84 months, probably. But the thing that I like about it is that we consumers are showing, that, showing the U.S. government that we, too, know how to kick the can down the road. You know, So we just, we just add on debt and kick it down the road. Why not? The government does it. Now, on a sidebar, with all the new cars that are being made and, and, and apparently bought, I think that bodes well for the metals of platinum and palladium. Uh, they're, they're industrial metals as, long as, as well as investment metals, and they can, uh, they, they can be used in catalytic converters. So I think that the, wa- the rallies that these um, two metals have made in the last year or two have really been warranted. Uh, But that's, that's just on a sidebar. Okay, now, get this. Getting back to these new cars, the average size of a new car payment is $474 a month. Now, I can remember when my mortgage was less than that, and I know that most of you can remember when your mortgage was less than that. Okay, so uh, d- 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 what I'm trying to get at is showing you all of this, all of this debt that's going to be put on the, uh, and uh, the debt servicing that's going to be put on these consumers, and they're not going to be able to do, have discretionary spending to improve the economy. Now, um, and then spe- speaking of mortgages, it was just reported last week that 52% of Americans right now can't afford the house that they live in. 52% of Americans. So they've already built up enough debt and they're not able to deal with it. I just don't, uh, uh, I just don't, I just don't see where this is going to go and help us out. And then uh, 19... Uh, 19 years. It's been 19 years since homeownership in the U.S. has been as low as it is right now. So, um, but they tell me that the home equity loans are pumping up again. Hmm, figure that one out. So, um, it, I, I, uh, I know that EverBank is a... Um, is a large you know, large banking entity. We're also a very large mortgage entity. And so we kind of have our finger on the pulse of the mortgage business. And it's not, it's not very good right now. New home sales yesterday were down big. I don't know if you saw them or not, but they were down big. So uh, that, that all looks like it's about ready to come crashing down. So, for all this, what I'm, what, basically what I'm saying is, is that the economy has all this stuff that's going to drag it down. It's going to just keep dragging it down, dragging it down, dragging it down. And it's never going to be able to get up and run for an extended period of time. Now, you can put lipstick on a pig, but what do you still have? A pig. You can put lipstick on this economy... And it can look nice for a month or two months or six months, maybe even a couple years. But in the end, what do you still have? You have a pig that's being dragged down by all this debt. Okay. Now, that brings me to wages. And basically, I was first put on this idea by, uh, by the founder of Agora Publishing, Bill Bonner, who... Uh, We were having a conversation, and he he was telling me how wages hadn't grown in in 50 years, and I'm like, really? That can't be right. And uh, so I started researching it, and he was right. And basically, you take 50 years, the most bountiful 50 years in human, in in, in the history of humans, where we saw a man on the moon, supposedly, we saw... uh, we saw, we saw the invention of the internet. We saw computers that are now the size of, you know, something that you can hold in your hand. We saw the, uh, the introduction of capitalism in China and Russia. All these things happened in the last 50 years, but wages have gone nowhere. So wages are going nowhere, but debt is rising for individuals. The median, the median income... Now, Frank likes to always talk about median because he was a statistics guy. So I I have to use this, too. The median income in the U.S. has dropped 5.8% in the last five years. Okay? So we're building up debt. We're not making as much money. Something is not going to work out very well here. So... um, And then we have... uh, then we have, you know, last year, I was talking about how all everyone was so excited that the U.S. energy, pr, you know, production was going to become uh, so great that we became energy independent, and um, and so then I saw this and it, this story by the International Energy um, uh, Agency, the IEA. And they pointed out that basically the production of the oil uh, uh, places of North Bakken or the Bakken in North Dakota and the Eagle Ford in Texas are basically going to peak out in 2020 and then decline from there. Now, I'm not an oil guy. I don't play one on TV. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night. So I don't really know all this stuff about oil. But what I do know is when an agency like the Independent or the, or the International Energy Agency says that these things are going to happen, you need to listen. So that's, uh, that's not a good thing as far as the economy is going. And then um, the, other, the other thing to think about is something that I talked about to everyone about last year, if you were here, and that is think about this. China has been taking our depleted dollars for payment for years now, okay? And they, and, and they keep watching us debase the dollar, debase the dollar, debase the dollar, and they just keep taking these dollars. But for how long are they going to do that? What happens if one day they, they knock on the door and they say, hey, you know what, instead of taking dollars, we'd like to have, hmm, your resource sector as payment, And then being energy independent isn't going to help us very much because it certainly isn't going to bring down the the price of oil. And that also reminds me that for since 2010, I think, was the first year we did a, or 11, something like that, we did a Global Expo currency uh, uh, show where it was first said by people there that the price of oil would be forty dollars a barrel. That's not happened, and it's not going to happen. Um, and then, then we have all of our ba- all these all of all the baby boomers, of which I'm one. And uh, I know you're saying, "Geez, Chuck, you don't look that old," but I am. Uh, And 10,000 baby boomers are going to retire every day for the next 17 years. Okay? So think about that for a second. Go back to that unfunded liabilities number that I told you about the good Professor Kotlikoff says is over $200 trillion now add 10,000 baby boomers retiring and starting to draw on those, starting to add to those unfunded liabilities every day for the next 17 years. And what do you think those unfunded liabilities are going to become? 400 trillion, 500, I, I, I don't know. The number will be astronomical, Okay, But with all of us baby boomers retiring, we have to think about this. This is a scary thing. In in 1960, there were five workers for every retired person. In 2005, there were uh, 3.6. And in 2020, there will only be 2.4 workers per retired person. The Social Administration... uh, People say that uh, for the last three years, four years now, they have not taken in a, as much cash as they've sent out in checks. And that's just going to continue. The difference is made up by the government placing money in, into the Social Security. But is that going to continue when interest rates start to rise and most of the government funding is used to pay for the debt servicing? That's, that's what bothers me. So there you have it. And I didn't even talk about the wars. I didn't even, oh, I went backwards. I didn't even talk about the war in Afghanistan, the war that we're not fighting in Iran. Uh, oh, by the way, did you know that having the CIA and, and special forces there doesn't really count as boots on the ground? Strange. But what about the war on poverty? How's that going? The war on drugs? How's that going? The war on capitalism? I mean, all these things just keep adding up and adding up. and You know, to put numbers on them would be just, you would lose your mind. So, in my mind, I just don't see all this stuff working out well for the economy. I think it all brings comes back to tears, everyone in tears again. I borrowed this hourglass from our friends at Casey Research, and I thought it worked out really well. If you, if you can see that and you follow those numbers on there of how the sand keeps going through the hourglass, you can tell that um, it pretty much is illustrating exactly what's going on in, in the world today. And um, the dollar doesn't have much time left in the, in the hourglass. I keep going backwards. What am I doing? So, um, in my mind, I just don't see how all this debt helps, whether it be government, state, personal. Uh, it just doesn't help the economy. Now, I know that, that uh, you're saying, but Chuck, what do we do about all this stuff? Okay? Well, that's the beauty of a workshop. You see, this afternoon in my workshop... I'm going to tell you how to diversify your investment portfolio so that you can protect your investment portfolio from all this damage that's going to be caused to the dollar in a dollar-denominated investment portfolio. So at 2.40 today, um, it, the bat time is 2.40. The bat room is tweeds-mure. Uh, I say be there or be square um, and, uh, and maybe we'll have some time for questions. That always works out nicely, too. But uh, you can come to our booth. It's right outside in the exhibit hall. You can always find us on the web at everbank.com. You can call our 800 number and always talk to someone who's an expert in currencies and metals. And um, you can come to the workshop this afternoon to find out more. So... Uh, I thank you for your time today, this time, till next time. Thank you.